Today, that is a day of celebration. I'll tell you what, having our friends, our family from the Oaks with us, I may not know everything that is being said or sung, but I can just feel the Holy Spirit coming out of the words that they say. It is a day of celebration, and we thank you so much for coming, for having your choir singing. We thank you, choir, for ministering to us and for the kids. Um, Today we celebrate Jesus together, and this text does just that. It is a text of celebration. You know, since I have moved to Kansas, uh, I, I have realized how deeply embedded sports are for our culture. <laughs> uh, last NCAA tournament, I'll tell you what, I'm not even a basketball fan, but I got really excited. Seeing the Jayhawks make it all the way to the final game, the championship. But then I kept hearing the sports announcer saying, no team has ever overcome a 16-point deficit. And I thought, well, I guess we're going to lose. But then what happened? It was basket after basket after basket. And they overcame something that no one in history overcame, and they won the tournament. And the arena exploded with celebration. I know some people from Eastminster uh, may have been in that arena, uh, feeling and experiencing that celebration. Or perhaps you can remember back to Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs played some other team. (laughs) And it came down to the very, the, the last three minutes And the Chiefs were losing. But then they scored to take the lead. Less than a minute after that, Damian Williams rushed for 38 yards for another touchdown to extend the lead. Tell me how many Chiefs fans were standing up off their couch, shouting at the television, cheering. Whether it is uh, any level from professional soccer, from the World Cup championship from France in 2018, to the Little League baseball team, uh, or last year, Trinity Cross Country won the state championship. If it is the team you are cheering for, oh, there's something that just wells up inside with excitement, and you say, we won! We did it! And it just explodes in celebration. And today, we come to Revelation chapter 19. And this is the party to end all parties. It is the celebration, the New Year's celebration that will last for all eternity. Because the plagues are over. Judgment has been proclaimed. Babylon and all of its wickedness has fallen. And God has triumphed. And the roar from heaven is deafening. And they holler, they scream, they shout, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
It is the word hallelujah. Did you know it's only found 24 times in the Old Testament? All of which come in the book of Psalms. It is a word that is only found four times in the New Testament. And they're all right here in this passage. The word hallelujah literally means praise the Lord. It is that hallelujah, that yah part, which refers to the name, like the first name of God, a a name that was so holy that the people of Israel would not dare to speak it. But from heaven come these bursts of excitement. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to read through this scripture one more time today. And as I read through this, when we come to the phrase, praise the Lord, I want you as a congregation to shout back, hallelujah. So let's practice that. Praise the Lord. There we go. And I'll give you a heads up. This is found in verses 1, 3, 4, and 6. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord! The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. And then the 24 elders and the four living beasts fell down and worshipped God who is sitting on the throne. And they cried out, Amen. Praise the Lord. And then from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God and all his servants, all who fear him from the least to the greatest. And then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of the mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. Not only... Is there a celebration over the righteous judgments of God? Not only is there a celebration because God has avenged the death of his martyrs, his deliverance over all evil. They praise the Lord for Jesus is coming back to take his bride. And if you are new to church, that might sound a little odd. Why would Jesus come back and take a bride? Does Jesus need a wife? Uh, So that might sound odd, but if we look back throughout the Old Testament, God has a relationship with his people, the nation of Israel, and it is proclaimed as a marriage relationship. God is the bridegroom, loving his bride, preparing his bride 
jealous over his bride when she seeks after other gods. But Revelation gives us that contrast because we read that this harlot has been defeated, removed, done away with, all things that would tempt you to walk away from Jesus, defeated. And it is the bride proclaimed, restored, beautified again. And what is our response as the bride of Christ? We proclaim, praise the Lord. Amen. Christ is proclaimed as the bridegroom. He has taken that position of God from the Old Testament. And why shouldn't he? Because he himself is God. And he's taking his rightful place right now as the bridegroom. So let's walk through what the bridegroom would have done to prepare for marriage back in this time period. And as we go through this, I want you to think through all the things that Christ has done for us as the bridegroom. The bridegroom would leave his father's house, accompanied by his best man, to travel to the prospective bride's house. He would present the father with a dowry or a purchase price for the bride. And once this price was paid, once the father accepted this price, the deal was done. They were officially man and wife. She was considered consecrated, set apart for only this man. You could say that she was betrothed to him. This was a new covenant or a new vow between them, and this was sealed by drinking a cup of wine with a blessing that went, this is the new covenant. The groom would travel back to his father's house and prepare a room for his bride. And during this time, the bride would prepare herself for her groom. And then about a year later, the groom would return all dressed up with his best man and, and his friends, and he would come to take his bride. And she, he would take her back to his father's house, where all the wedding guests would be there, dressed up in their finest of clothes, and they would have a wedding feast for seven days or even up to 14 days. But they never knew when this was going to happen. So they always had to be prepared. The bride and her maidens had to be ready for that day when the groom came back. And that would often happen around midnight as add to that element of surprise. And when the, when the groom came, it would be announced, the groom has returned. Come out and meet him. And all of the bridesmaids or maidens would come out with their lamps filled with oil, ready and burning bright to meet him. Church, we are the bride of Christ. 
Anyone who has called upon the name of the Lord and has received that salvation is the bride of Christ. He has paid that purchase price for us through his blood and his death on the cross. He has established a new covenant with us. Jesus defeated the power of sin and death through his resurrection. And he has ascended up into heaven to prepare a place for us. Oh, come on, church. If that doesn't give a hallelujah on that one. Regardless of how you feel or the circumstances that are happening in your life, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, you have his Holy Spirit in you as that seal, as that promise that you are his. And we say, praise the Lord. So Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And it is our responsibility to be ready. In verse 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, and the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. So let's contextualize this a bit. How does a bride prepare herself for marriage? For all you married folks, perhaps you can look back to the time in which you were dating. You know, I can look back. I remember this cute little redhead in my Hebrew class. And uh, one day before class, I remember that I, I just came from dance class and I, I was able to, in the hallway, teach her some, some dance moves. And then after spending 15 consecutive hours together, I walked her home and said goodnight. And if I wasn't... Uh, in person with my bride, my future bride, Wendy, I was on the phone with her, talking with her. She consumed all of my thoughts, all of my love. In church, this is the type of devotion that God wants from us. We prepare ourselves through complete devotion to Jesus. He reveals his character through, through his word, right here. This is the very word of God. These are the words of my beloved, the one that I adore. He has left this for his bride. And then he tenderly calls to us. He hears us when we pray. He comforts us when we mourn. He reveals his majesty through his creation so that everywhere we look, we can see the glory of God. And he wants complete devotion. Like a bride and a groom coming together. However, throughout 
the scriptures, we see that God's people would often turn to other gods. They cheated on their relationship with God and they committed sinful acts and they broke that marriage relationship, that vow, that covenant. And church, don't we do the same thing? In our sin, we break that covenant. And if we, if Jesus is our beloved, then we must view sin as adultery towards God. And I'll tell you what, there will be a day where Jesus comes back and all of those temptations, all of those sins will be gone forever. Never more a temptation will there be. But at this point in time, we're in that in-between phase because Christ has come to earth. He has come to pay that price for us. And we are in that in-between phase waiting for him to come back. And in that in-between phase, we need to be preparing ourselves We need to cast off the sin that so easily entangles us and return to that devotion of our first love. For some of us today, that means we just need to take time in prayer and repent. There are things that have come into your life that you said, you know what? I have forgotten my first love. I have sinned. Take those things to the Lord. Confess those things and the promise that God has given to us that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It is his promise and it will be done. So if there are things right now running through your mind, I'll tell you, that is the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin so that you can return to the Lord pure and holy. For some of us, we're ready to get up here and dance and sing and shout out hallelujahs. And you want to celebrate, whether that is stepping into the aisle and dancing a little bit, whether that is just seated quietly in meditation, However you praise the Lord the best, I want you to do that today. And if your worship honors and brings glory to Jesus, I'm okay with a little holy chaos in this room. And perhaps some of you, you don't quite understand this love relationship that I have talked about today. Maybe you've tried to even fake it for several years because you think, I need to go through and do these things because that's what the people around me do. Well, I can tell you, today is a day that you can understand those things and that you can come to the Lord and you can be part of this family and this future celebration that will happen. So during that time, instead of coming down to take communion, I invite you to come and and talk to me talk to Pastor John 
And we would love to share with you how you can know Jesus on this level and be saved. No matter where you are in your relationship with God, I encourage you to do whatever it takes to stay in love. Remind yourselves of who you belong to. Speak that truth in your life and over your family and over your marriage. And do whatever it takes to lean in and embrace this intimacy with God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we lean into you. We want to come and celebrate because you are so marvelous. God, we praise your name. We thank you that we can be included into this family, that you have come and you have called us your bride. You have chosen us and you have loved us and you have prepared us. Lord, we praise your name. Amen.